disguises, or not a disguise, but her costume was a tree, and she even had birds, birds in the branches, and that was the thing, that God knows you better than even the birds, but he knows every bird that falls, but he knows you, every bird. And there's billions, billions of those sparrows, billions so that's of sparrows. too hard to even understand. Yeah. yeah, and even the hairs, the number of hairs are head. He, he knows you so well. Mm -hmm. And on, this, was on this was on Halloween night, of course. It's Hallelujah night. Mm -hmm. But the point was then, children, you do not have to be afraid. We do not have to have fear. Mm -hmm. And I was standing in a position I could see those kids' eyes. I mean, they were peeling on you. And they were getting it, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. They were getting it. They didn't have to be afraid. That's right the ghosts and goblins and whatever. But anyway, we wanted to let you know, you know, when we have communion here, it'll just be a few minutes, kids, you'll get to go. But uh, what happens with the children when we have communion? And Kathy's going to just give you a little glimpse there into the elementary class. Okay, so what we do is we just take, and I have my helpers do this for me ahead of time, we just lay out a little, like a little picnic thing on the floor, and then everybody gets a special little napkin, and it goes in front of every child. So depending on how many children, we might be spread out quite a bit. But then Joy normally would put all the little elements out for us, and I would just very simply um, tell them, <laughs> I'm going to let you compose yourself, and while you're doing that, you're not compose yourself. But <laughs> Sorry, I get no, emotional right. about this. Because I tell you what, Darlene and whoever else is going to start, let's just begin right now passing out those elements because we want the kids to be able to go pretty quickly. So if you could just quickly and stealthily just pass those out while we're talking here okay so i just i let them know how very much jesus loves them because he died for them each one of them and he just loves them so very much so i just um i probably don't do it in the terms that all of you hear because some of those things you know might you know upset them just a bit you know because of the precious blood, you know. And so, anyway, I just sort of described to them what happened to Jesus and how we do this just so we can remember him. And he tells us to do this. He tells us to remember him in this way. And so, yes, yes as you're doing that, just remember how much he loves you and that he died for you. Amen. And he asked us to do this. You know, we have the table of communion that we use when we have this we call it a meal it's something that jesus started he instituted it we say it's an institution of the church we sometimes say but it says this do in remembrance of me and what he wants us to know is what he did for us as teacher kathy has said he died for us so that we can be whole and this morning, we want you to know that that's a finish, it's a done deal. He has already done it. That healing 
that you're needing in your body is a done deal already. Did you know that? It's the finished, it's part of the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's a done deal. That's why he would have us go and pray for those. And you know, I like it when little, kid, little kids pray for me because I just sense that simple childlike faith, that's what Jesus told us to be and do, to be like a, a little child. And so we're just thankful for that. And um, I think we just about have them passed out now. And um, it's just private. Yeah. Um, a few days ago when we were visiting our son John and his wife Jan's house, um, Clementine shared something very special with us. Do you want your mommy to share it or can you share it? She's a little shy, but she accepted Jesus into her heart that day that you stopped. How old is she? She is three. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And as Sue Ventassel would remind us, she has the same size Holy Spirit in her that lives in us. Amen. Thank you, Amen. That is so true. Thank you, Kathy. Thanks for sharing that. Does everyone have, did you all get it up there too? Did you too, darling? Okay, the, the bread represents Jesus' body that was broken, that yours may be whole. And oh yes, the Father God that we sang of in that song, Yahweh there. The Father God sent his son, Jesus, to this earth to die for us, to bring redemption so that Holy Spirit may dwell within us, that he may dwell within us. And today, Jesus is here overseeing this communion. The Bible says that. It says, where two or more are gathered in my name, I'm there. So Jesus is here with us. As you partake of it, receive it. You might even just say it to yourself. I am whole, I am healed, nothing missing, nothing broken because of Jesus and what he did for me. Let's eat it. Forget not all his benefits forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Lord Jesus, we know your blood was shed that all of our sin would be taken care of. And we give you thanks for that now in Jesus' name. The blood of the new covenant, hallelujah.
Amen. Everybody said, Amen. Thank you, God. So be it. We'll release the children now and the rest of us that stand and greet each other before we transition here. Thank you, worship team. Good morning, everybody. All right, so before we take, um, well, we don't pass a plate around here, but um, before I say a blessing over our, our giving this morning, I have a, a blessed life for us. It's been a little while, but I'm glad to be here. Um, and this is called um, The God of the Bible, The God of Today. And it goes like this. I came across a video the other day floating around the internet. Um, a man claiming to be a scholar who has spent his life studying world religions and the psychologies associated with them stood in front of a camera and asserted as fact that God does not care about you or the choices that you make and that to say otherwise is to continue to fuel religious-related conflicts and that all these stem from the fact that any attribute we give to God is a reflection of only ourselves. Now this gospel of humanism was said in all earnest um, you could see that this man truly believed that we have been our own destruction and that it was our responsibility to fix ourselves. And as a born-again Christian who knows the God of the universe, there's something almost quaint in the revelations he gives as monumental or earth-shaking. But I know that they don't shake my God. And I can see so clearly a lost soul trying to pour good wine into an old and dirty wineskin. And yet I keep running into this idea of the diminished influence of God in our world. The clamoring voices are crying out for purpose. They're crying out for direction. They want love and acceptance and truth. But to suggest God is to, is to suggest an, archa an archaism, it seems. Um, where is room for God in a world where God is only an idea? So the question becomes, is it all hopeless? Who are we to fight all these scholars and these experts, so to say? What I know, though, is that the world I see now is not yet the kingdom I see being built, being prophesied, and declared in our scripture. So this morning, in light of the fickle voices of man and what they might say, regardless of their affiliation, I want to remind us of who we truly are. And for this purpose, I believe Paul's words from 2 Corinthians 3 are most apt. And as I read these words, let them sharpen your sword and strengthen your shield. Let them be wrought upon your heart. For if we are to become one in Christ, this is who we are and who we are becoming. Let us be reminded of why I can stand up and say here every morning that our life is indeed a blessed one. So this is 2 Corinthians 3. So do we begin to commend ourselves, and do we need, as some others, epistles of commendation for you, or letters of commendation from you? You are our epistle written on our hearts, known and read by all men, for clearly you are an epistle of Christ, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, your hearts. And we have such trust through Christ towards God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, 
who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of this letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit he gives life. But if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was indeed glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily on the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was only passing away, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be yet more glorious today? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glorious glory in this respect, because of, what, because of the glory that excels. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. But their minds were blinded, for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies in the hearts of men. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into that same image, not the image that was fading away on the face of Moses, but the image that is increasing from glory to glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. So Jesus, we thank you that we are not left in a sea of scholarship, and a sea of not being able to speak for who you are. You are who you are today. And we thank you that we can declare, we can say, we can stand up firmly in front of the voices of men and say, we are blessed. We are not fools for something that is false, but we know the truth. We thank you for who you are today, living and alive. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Peter. And maybe you already said that, but our tithes and offerings can be placed in those boxes on the wall and we just thank you Lord for your blessing on that gift and the givers and we know that you do multiply it back it's like seed sown unto you hallelujah so just a few things coming up of note uh, this Wednesday night now we are having a praise and prayer evening we had one of these a few weeks ago was really anointed of God, really good. Lots of prayer went forth and praise. We're going to do that this Wednesday at 6.30 right here. So come and praise and come and pray together with your church family if possible. And then the next Wednesday, November 15, Tim and Kathy Pomp and team, it's going to be a service of prophetic healing and deliverance. Um... There's on Friday, November 17, there's a fellowship game night at the Dudley's place. Sunday, November 19, will be our Thanksgiving service. And Wednesday, the 19th, 
or the 29th will be Christmas decorating day here if you want to get in on that. And then Wednesday, December 6th, we'll have a Christmas concert with Kenton team. And then also if you could be praying about upcoming in January, what the Lord would have on certain, not every Wednesday, but certain Wednesdays, the Lord is having us come together for like praise and prayer or for special times. Pray with me on that as far as what the Lord would have. Hallelujah. But uh, we're talking today in the Word, we're talking about from the Word, the Bible, about reigning in this life, being overcomers in this life through the power, the powerful forces of God that are within me. And there's a scripture in Romans 5, 17 that says, For if by, one, by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace, say grace, grace, and the gift of righteousness, that's being totally right with God and noted as a gift, will, what? Will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Through the one Jesus Christ. Reigning in life. And um, that's what the Lord wants to emphasize to us today. It's through him that we reign in life and we live victoriously. Now there's another scripture from Ephesians 2 starting at 19. It says, Now you are no longer strangers to God and foreigners to heaven, but you are members of God's very own, what? Family. Citizens of God's country. And you belong. Point at your neighbor, punch him and say, don't point at him or poke him. Don't punch him, poke him and just say, you belong in the family. <laughs> With every other Christian we belong. What a foundation you stand on now. The apostles and the prophets, the cornerstone of the building is Jesus Christ himself. And we who believe are carefully joined together with Christ as parts of a beautiful, constantly growing temple of God. And you also are joined with him and with each other by the Spirit and are part of his dwelling place, of this dwelling place of God. We are the dwelling place of God. And this is true individ as individuals, but corporately also. You know, each of us as individuals, his spirit dwells within us and it flows through us with our individual uniqueness. But then corporately as the body of Christ, like in a church body or around the world, wow, it shines forth. And as we taught last week, each one of us has been uniquely created by God himself in a way that will show forth his glory to the world around us. 
We are light bearers for God himself, radiating his life, his light, to the people that our lives intersect with. That word radiate and radiating just seems like it keeps popping up. Joyce shared something with me this morning from the Amplified Bible where the word radiate. But that I say that because of the new piece of art that, that Sue unveiled a week ago. And it's in the foyer right behind the welcome desk there. Take a look at it. And it shows the radiating forth. Well, it starts right at tin strike, and this copper line goes round and round and round, radiating out from where we are all, all the way out. And we're light bearers. But you see, in order to be light bearers, we need to be infused with the light and having a constant flow, being filled with the Spirit, being filled with the Word, you might say abiding in the vine. So important to be abiding in the vine. Just now, on my iPad, something popped up. You can probably see it there. See that in the middle of the screen? That little white icon or whatever it is? 10% battery left. <laughs> and that's... I'm closing that. I'm going by faith that we'll have enough. We'll see how far we get. And then we'll go from there. I did get it charged a little bit before I was before the service. I usually go over things as we're in here, and the worship team is practicing, and I'm just kind of here to kind of oversee and be with them and pray for them and so forth. And uh, all of a sudden, I was studying my notes, looking at them, ten percent. Our warning: only ten percent left. I thought, oh wow, what happened here? Because last night I went and I checked and it was plugged in. It was plugged in. But then I, I called to see if Sarah could bring the cord so I could plug it in. And uh, she had the, the cord part, but not the part that goes into the wall. It wasn't plugged into the part that goes into the wall. The source was disconnected. Are you getting the point already? It doesn't work <laughs> with the cord disconnected. We abide in the vine or it's not going to work. I brought along a piece of my garden. Anybody know what that is? It's a pepper, jalapeno pepper. It doesn't look very good, does it? It's disconnected from the vine. It's a branch that got disconnected. And it looks pretty bad. Starting to dry right up. That's how we begin to look if we aren't abiding in the vine. The power source or the flow of life is so important for us as believers. But so easily, we can get into a place where we aren't practicing, you might say, what we need to, the devotional time or the things we need to stay strong. And that's what happened with my iPad. Still 
But see, we're to be light bearers for God himself, radiating his light and life to the people our lives intersect with. God knows exactly you and all those people that you're going to intersect with in your life on purpose. He plans it that way. And on purpose, he would have you be filled, aglow with the Spirit, radiant with the Spirit. Yes, he knows exactly who your life is going to intersect with today, tomorrow, the next day. I mean, he's planned it ahead. But his desire is that you be filled with the Spirit of God. Because he has plans for those people too. And if you're radiating the light and life of God and the power of God, you see, God wants to flow through you to bring healing to people. Did you know that? Body, mind, their soul, their emotions, healing through you. That's what Jesus said. He said, go, preach the kingdom of God is here and heal the sick, he said. Do you believe God wants us to do that today? He sure does. He sure does. He wants us to be free to do it. And you know, some of it will happen in church, but you know what? Most of it in this day of the outpouring of God's Spirit in this hour isn't going to be in church. It's going to be right out there on the highways and byways. It's going to be right out there in the places where we are and where we go. Yeah, we can pray when we're in, a, in, a, in some kind of a, a, a store. Did you, did you know that? You can pray in a store. You can pray in Target. There's no rule against praying in Target. You can lay hands on the sick that they'll recover in Target. Did you know that? Well, that's exactly what God wants us to do. Still at 10%. Okay. 1 Peter 2, 10, 9 and 10. For you have been chosen by God himself. You are priests of the king. You are holy and pure. You are God's very own. All this so that you may show to others how God called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were less than nothing, now you are God's own. Once you knew very little of God's kindness, now your very lives have been changed by it. And it shows we are living letters, we're living epistles, we're living books. So living in victory in the midst of life's challenges is a witness that shows to others the presence of God and his life in me. It shines out. It shows his love. It shows his joy and peace. It shows his desire and power to save, to heal, to deliver. The, this victorious living that brings a clear witness to the world is dependent upon my abiding in the vine 
and that's abiding in Jesus. Living in fellowship with my Lord will bring me to and keep me in a place of victory. Yes, even in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the circumstance, even before we've seen the end result of the victory. And that's important to remember. It's a place of being an overcomer. And this means that the life of God is coursing through my being and affecting my life by bringing power for victory over any weapon that may be formed against me in this life. This power for overcoming comes to and affects my spirit, my soul, and my body. Maybe somebody here today needs some reviving in your abiding in your connection to the source, like my iPad needed. It was disconnected. And so it drained, it got drained. So here's some areas of reviving that will help affect our abiding in him. Devotion time. Prayer focus times. You know, we can pray all the time, but I'm talking about time alone just in a special place, just praying, or maybe in the car, or whatever it is. And you can pray with your eyes open too, right? In the car, especially if you're driving. <laughs> Important note. Uh, scripture reading, reading the Bible, reading scripture. Here's a quote, quote of Gloria Copeland. She says, don't ever make the mistake of thinking you're too busy to spend time in the Word of God. The truth is, you can't afford not to spend time in it. Even if you've walked with the Lord for years, you can't afford to rest on your spiritual laurels and just try to live on the Word that you heard in the past. You can't afford to give all your attention to natural things and think, well, if trouble comes my way, I'll grab my Bible and build up my faith. I'll just do a crash course thing in doing it. I noticed that this morning. We had this thing plugged in probably 20 minutes during worship because we did get something to connect it. And it only went from 10% to 12%. I mean, that, that's not a lot. But you see, if it's constantly connected, it'll be at 100%. Where do you think God wants us to be? Where do you think you are right now? Are you at the place where a warning sign would come up? Hello. <laughs> well, just asking. Here's some more helps for abiding in him. Listening to anointed teaching like CDs online or online or iPods. It's an iPod somebody gave me a few years ago. I use it almost every day when I'm on my walk. Every day I listen to a teaching right off of this little thing. See, those things will help bring revival of abiding, you might say. It's like connecting us in the vine. Watching Anointed Teachers, DVD online. We have Roku, we use that a lot. 
reading. Every morning I read this book, Faith Food, by Kenneth Hagin. It's a daily devotional. And then also I often read a portion out of this magazine by Kenneth Copeland. It's Believer's Voice of Victory. Things like that. You know, whatever it would be that you would use. These are just some examples. But then another thing is praising and worshiping God and having a place. Many years ago, our family got a, what do you call it, hot tub, and it's outdoors, and it's away from everything, especially in the wintertime or late at night, just before I go to bed, I use that. That's my favorite place for praising the Lord. It's like, I don't know, I guess I feel a way out there. I mean, just a way. And I just like to use that as a place just to praise Him. Just to worship Him. But praising and worshiping God helps us divide and be connected. Developing a grateful heart, a thankful attitude toward God and life in general. A life of thanksgiving. Doing that, there's something about it that it just keeps that flow going and it helps us connect. Uh, developing that heart of worship. Doing it by myself, as I mentioned, but then coming together corporately with the church family. You know, it helps if I've been worshiping and you have all been yourselves alone and then come together and it's just like a, a wave of God's Praise goes forth in worship. But then it can also work the other way. If I've gotten out of that and I come into a setting like this, it can stir it up in me. So it'll stir it up for when I do have times by myself. So as we do these things, the very life of God flows out through us, to us, and through us, because He's in us. It gets that flow going. And it connects us in that flow. It just stirs it up. Coming through his spirit within. And what power there is there. Ephesians 1.17 says this. I pray that the glorious Father, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know Christ better. Then you will have deeper insight and you will know the confidence that he calls you to have, and the glorious wealth that God's people will inherit, you will also know the unlimited... Listen to this. You will also know the unlimited greatness of his, that's God's power, as it works with might and strength for us, the believers that power that's residing within us through Christ. He worked with that same power, the same power that's within us. Same power, say that. Same power in Christ when he brought him back to life and gave him the honored position, that same resurrection power, the one next to God, the Father on the heavenly throne, that's the position. And he is far above all rulers, authorities, powers, lords, and all other names that can be named. He is the highest. His name is the highest. 
Jesus' name is higher than any other. Not only in this present world, but also in the one to come. And God has put everything under the control of Christ. He has made Christ the head of everything. Listen. For the good of you and me. He's the highest and made Christ the head of everything for the good of the church. The church is Christ's body and completes him as he fills everything, fills everything in every way. We are part of the body of Christ. He's the head. We're the body. Together we are. The body radiating his life and his power to those places. He knows exactly where you're going to be this week. He has a plan. And that's one of the good things prayer does is we pre-pray the way. You know what a really good thing is? Praying in the Spirit. Find a place to do that too. You can do that in your car too. Or in a prayer place or wherever it is. Praying in the Spirit. What I like to do is, like I'll even do it like last night before I went to bed. I was in the hot tub. And I just shakila mokoya salikito kolomoyeto kolomoyata kalesia tokoriamo korabienda sieto kosia. I prayed that way for a while about my night's sleep. And about my wife's night's sleep, and my kids and their spouses, and my grandkids sleep that night. And then I went on beyond that to today. Praying about today. Praying about today. Praying out about today. Praying about today. He who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks mysteries. God knows what they are. I don't think the devil even knows. It shoots right past him, right to the Lord. And it prepares the way. It paves the way. It's abiding in the vine. Hallelujah. 8% left. I'm going to read one more scripture here. And then I'm going to close with something else here. So, receiving continuous life flow by abiding in the vine. Let's read that scripture. John 15, 4. Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. This is Jesus talking. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. We don't want to be like this. We aren't going to be like this. We're not going to be like that. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. But if you abide in me, Jesus said, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Seal that in our hearts. Revelation, Lord, of that. In Jesus' name. As we close, I got two of my readings. Just see, this is what the Lord does too. I read this yesterday morning as I was just.
Just before I started working on my message, I read this. And you'll see how it flows. And that's what he does. You know, he planned that. I didn't that I'd be reading this. This is a believer's voice of victory from September. Not November. But Kenneth Copeland says, Years ago I prayed one particular prayer that I will never forget. It was back in my early days of ministry and I'd been preaching a series of meetings that weren't being very well attended with people staying away by the thousands. Things weren't looking good at all. Desperate for help, I was praying about the situation one morning and I began to repeat what I'd heard someone else say one time. I began to cry out over and over, Oh God, send the power just now. Oh God, send the power just now. Oh God. At the time I thought it was a perfectly good prayer. But as soon as I had quieted down a little bit, the Lord interrupted me. Kenneth, he said, where am I going to get it? What do you mean, Lord, I asked. Well, you've been crying to me all morning about sending your power. You power. Where do you think I'm going to get it? I've already filled you with my own spirit. I can't turn to someone else now and say, Kenneth needs more power. After giving me a moment to think about it, about that, he then went on to say something else that shook me to the core. He said this. He said, son, I could have filled you with an angel. I have some very sharp and powerful angels. I could have created some being that never existed before to come and empower you, but I didn't trust you to an angel or any other created being. I don't trust you to anyone but me. And I'm going to tell you something. I am all you need. Now just go and do what I taught you to do. Talk about an awakening. When God said that to me, he changed my whole direction of thought for the rest of my life. He redirected my attention. So I was no longer looking for power to come to me from out yonder somewhere. I was looking for power to come from within, from the one who is in me. That's what God wants all of us believers to do. He wants us to become increasingly God-inside-minded. Yep. He wants us to be thinking all the time, every day, God is in me. Say this after me. God is in me. I'll say it and then you repeat it. God is in me. And greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Amen. One more short one before we go. This is, and I read this just this morning. You'll find that with things like this. It'll, where you're at as a person, the Lord will just flow things. I'm not saying everything is always exactly that way, but it sure happens a lot. This is for November 5. That's today, right? This is Kenneth Hagin's faith food. Okay. He's talking about how what we speak from our mouths and so forth. And he says, 
1 John 4, 4, You're of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. What is the Holy Spirit doing in you? Question. What is the Holy Spirit doing in you? Is the Holy Spirit just a, hit, a spiritual hitchhiker? That really stuck out at me. Is he just a spiritual hitchhiker? Does he just hitchhike a ride through life with you? Is he just some excess baggage for you to carry through life? No, the Holy Spirit lives within you to help you. He lives within you to strengthen you. He lives within you to comfort you. He lives within you to put you over in life. Make some positive confessions like this instead of failure and doubt. And then he gives a confession. I'm going to ask you, let's stand up together and, and share this today. I'll say it and you can repeat it. This is profession of faith. This is confession of faith. I believe the greater one lives in me. I believe that he is greater than the devil. I believe that he is greater than the tests and trials I am facing today. I believe that he is greater than the storm I am fa facing today. I believe that he is greater than any problem that may be confronting me. I believe he's greater than the circumstances that appear to have me bound. I believe that the greater one is greater than sickness and disease. I believe that the greater one is greater than anything and everything. I believe that the greater one dwells in me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we abide in you. We abide in you, we're connected. We're connected as a branch to the vine, or as an iPod would be to the electric source, that power source from within and keeping that flow going from within where you dwell within us, Lord, that you are there within us. May we be so conscious of the fact that you dwell inside, you live inside of us. And Lord, we thank you for each person here. Just think of, we just think of all the people that our lives will touch in this next week. And we pray that your life, your light, your power would radiate through us as we walk as overcomers in this life. As your life radiates from us, Lord, to those around us. May we be your witnesses, even as you told us to be. In Jesus' name.
жизнь. See that on my hand? The Lord is trying to get my attention somewhere with a hand, and what is it? Yes, it's it's in your hand. It's in your hand. It's in your hand. It's in your hand. So flow forth. So flow forth. Speak it. Live it. Speak it. It's in you. He's in you. I shouldn't say it. He's in you. His life is in you. So walk it. Talk it. Lay hands on the sick. It's in your hands. And they will recover. Don't be afraid to do it. You're not the healer. Jesus is the healer. His spirit flowing through you. If there's anyone here that would like prayer, there'll be altar ministers. There's not a meal today, but there is coffee and fellowship. We want to welcome you to that. God's peace be on everyone. And that continued flow, abiding in the vine. Amen. Praise God.